How you doing? Good. How are you? All right. Okay. Good evening and welcome to the CASA update for the week of 10-5-2015. So, has anything interesting happened recently? Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's slow, so it's, uh, it's hard to come up with good stuff to chat about. Uh, but, um, I did, these are not new bills uh, that I wanted to talk about. Um, there's two bills in, at the federal level. Um, the one we, this might actually be different, um, but uh, there was a bill introduced earlier this year um, that, I guess it, it had the same name, the Child Nicotine Poisoning Prevention Act of 2015. Right. Um, and uh, the way that was written was simply, uh, I, I believe, oh, what's the name of the commission? Uh, the Consumer um, Product Protect Safety Commission? Yeah, something like that. Um, it was. It would compel them to basically come up with a rule that uh, would require all uh, nicotine-containing liquid to be sold in child-resistant packaging. Uh, this is a little bit more wordy than that and basically just goes straight to um, essentially all e-liquid bottles would would have to conform to the poison prevention, poison prevention, packaging act of okay. 1970. Um, so uh, this is a pretty straightforward bill, uh, something that we've you know supported. Uh, you know, it's kind of a no-brainer that these products should come in child-resistant packaging, and that's kind of the way the industry is going anyway. Right. Um, but. I did see a pretty interesting definition of nicotine, um, and it's on the last page right at the bottom. Uh, and the, the, the term nicotine means any form of the chemical nicotine, including any salt or complex, regardless of whether the chemical is naturally or synthetically derived. And the reason I sort of perk up about this is that, uh, you know, we've, because of the way the, the Tobacco Control Act was written. Mm -hmm. The FDA has been very clear about saying it, it you know, made or derived from tobacco. Right. Um, but I feel like I've seen this definition pop up in state legislatures, perhaps right. at the local level as well. Mm -hmm. So this is just something to I think everybody should be paying attention to going forward. Um, I have heard people talk about uh, there being actually a cost-effective synthetic nicotine product out there. Mm -hmm. um, and these are coming from reliable people. This is not the kind of the myth, you know, the, the, the mythological, it comes from eggplants and the talk. <laughs> this right. is actually, you know, real. Somebody managed to, to, to do this and will likely be able to bring it to market in a cost-effective way. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's not happening tomorrow or anything, but, uh, and I'm sure, you know, whoever actually has the formula is going to be pretty tight lipped about it because, um, obviously if they're the only ones doing it, it means a lot of money for them. Right. Um, so anyway, just going forward, uh, I think keeping an eye on how 
uh, nicotine is treated in, in some of these bills is pretty important. But uh, mm -hmm. for those keeping score, uh, this bill is HB 3242. Um, it's, it's just been introduced. Nothing uh, substantial has happened to it. I guess, right. yeah, this, this went through a markup session is what happened. That okay. all happened, um, I guess, on the 30th, so middle of last week. Okay. Um, the other bill is, appropriately, SB 2100. Um, this would raise the smoking age, actually, the, the sale of any tobacco product to 21. Yeah, I, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and of course, it's riddled with all kinds of large, scary numbers and lots of weird facts and so on. And mm -hmm. um, you know, I I tend to not bring this up. And we've been, Casa has been somewhat um, quiet on this. Right. I, I think we we haven't really taken a, a, an official position, mm -hmm. um, but. Uh, because this does get into the whole, I, I don't know why, it's just, it's a weird, there's some political considerations here, and it's just, it's one of those things, but, you know, I, I gotta say, first of all, lumping smoke-free products in with a bill like this is completely uninformed, and uh, moreover, it just, you know, if I'm 18 years old, I can vote, I can die for my country, and I can make all kinds of other bad decisions that will mm -hmm. potentially end my life. Right. But you can't drink or smoke. Yeah, why the hell can't <laughs> I have a cigarette? It just, you know, it kind of blows me away. And, you know, well, yeah. it, it, it's, I, I, I think they're projecting some large numbers here. Like, you know, I think I kind of understand the, the whole brain development thing. Like once you reach a certain age, you're less impressionable and, uh, you know, you're less likely to develop a, a, a smoking addiction or, you know, a dependency on certain chemicals or whatever. Um, I, I don't know how much truth there is to all of that. It, it seems rational, but, um, you know, I'm not the science guy, so that's more <laughs> Carl's wheelhouse. And Carl has, in fact, blogged about this you know moving moving the age up it doesn't necessarily mean that you know i think one of i think the, the analogy he used was like football or something you know like um it's not a good comparison you know someone who is 21 isn't going to start playing football necessarily i, I could i can't remember exactly how it worked but it was it had to deal with cohorts and um, you know, just because you move the goalposts a little bit, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that those people well, aren't going to initiate or, you know, whatever. Right. Um, so. Well, I also think, I think, I think legislation like this breeds disrespect for the law. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So many things have been made illegal or will be made illegal that how can you take it seriously? You know, there will always be someone willing to get an 18-year-old cigarettes or a 13-year-old or a 15-year-old. Lots of times it's their own freaking parents. Um, so, you know, despite what you may think about it, 
I don't think this is something the government should be concerning itself with. The bond market is crashing and the dollar is highly devalued. We have Obamacare exchanges being shuttered all across the country. It seems to me the government has bigger fish to fry than raising the age for tobacco purchases to 21. Maybe I'm just crazy. Well, and, you know, if we're talking about preventing people from picking up a harmful activity like smoking, Mm -hmm. then rather than waving, wagging your finger at folks and saying, you're not tall enough to ride this ride, uh, (laughs) maybe a more appropriate approach is to offer better alternatives because tobacco historically (laughs) historically meaning longer than the United States Mm -hmm. falls in that category of things that people are going to try and like or try and not like no matter what no matter what's in front of you I had my first cigarette when I was 13 years old Mm -hmm. I you know I think that's and, a part of experimenting, generally speaking, is a part of being a teenager. And here's the thing. Um, you know, there are many countries all over the world that, you know, doesn't matter how old you are. If you walk in and ask for a glass of wine with dinner, you get a glass of wine with dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know how stupid teenagers are. And they like to think they are more grown up than they are and when you take something and say you're not grown up enough to have this they're going to do whatever it is their sneaky little asses have to do to get that (laughs) because they know they are grown up enough to do it it's it's the forbidden fruit factor it it absolutely makes things more popular than they should be and there's actually uh more than one epidemiologist i've seen say that Tobacco control has actually done more to prolong smoking worldwide than it has to curb it because of the forbidden fruit factor. Because people are like, screw you, I'll make my own decisions. Look how well the actual war on drugs has worked out. Look at how many billions we actually spend on it. Look how strong the gangs are in Mexico. Look how much money is made in this market globally. Contrast that with places like Oregon and Colorado, places that have decriminalized one drug or another and taxed it. Oregon just recently did that, and I don't know how that's going, but I know Colorado did it, and they made so much money, everybody got their property taxes back in the state, plus $1,000, okay? People are going to do what they want to do, whether it's legal or illegal. And the more laws you make, the less people have respect for those laws. But, I mean, to circle around to what I was saying, you have always said we are victims of the drug war. I believe you're absolutely right. And I say that because I think a lot of these things, even smoking is dangerous to a certain small degree to people who are bystanders. But even that degree is so ridiculously small, it can't really be quantified. It's like one or 0.1 or or less than one, something that epidemiologists used to consider null. Okay. And they did notice that people who smoked did get more 
rates of cancer, this or that, but that could also be, you know, confounded with lifestyle choices, etc. And that isn't all factored in. But by lying by omission about how something is extremely dangerous, you you seek you tend to glamorize it and make it something that people want to attain because they want to be cool instead of it just being a thing that people choose to do or to not do. I don't think that's really um, the best way to conduct business. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I was really thinking, but um, I, I don't know what they're thinking. They've got so many more pressing problems. Well, and this, something like this, I'm sure, seems like a, a slam dunk. I, by the way, the entire list of, of sponsors on this bill are, are all Democrat. Um, so it's, I mean, that's just, that's their That's uh, how they roll. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say a lot of glowing words for either party, but um, <clears throat> yeah, in, in general, it's, it's less about, I think, allowing people to, to make decisions and, and more about telling them how to behave, um, which, you know, <laughs> The, the, the drug war is an excellent example of how well that works. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think the sooner people wake up to the fact that this... I think the sooner people wake up to the fact that this is another casualty of the drug war, vaping, that we will be another casualty of the drug war unless we stand up and speak out against it, like the people at normal did for uh, medical cannabis use uh, they will bury us unless we do something unless we speak up unless we care and maybe that's a side effect of there being so many laws but I don't know I'd rather not make it harder for the person behind me if sending a letter to my senator or congressman or going to see my congress critter, who's a, not my favorite human being, um, and speaking out against it can change it, I would want to do that first. You know what I mean? I mean, and people can contact their Democratic or Republican congress critters, senators, to talk about their displeasure on this sort of issue. You know, I think there's actually a remarkable amount of content in the letter that we're asking people to send in support of H.R. 2058. Um, yeah. So, you know, and that's, you know, I, I, I hope that when, you know, we write these letters that the folks that are sending them are actually taking the time to read them themselves before they send this along and you know, digest some of the messages that we're sending, and and arm yourself. Uh, you know, one of the things that I did, um, I I can't remember exactly which action it was, but you know, I sent uh, one of the pre-written letters to uh, one of to my congressman here in New Jersey, and uh, I got you know, a kind of a kind of a canned response back. Uh, right. I've wa I've watched all. Uh, 
it's it's actually kind of interesting. In the very beginning, the canned responses were more of like, I got your message, I care, and check out my <laughs> website. And now they've gone into the stock. I, I've received your message, and I care very much about what my constituents say. And then it kind of gives this like standard breakdown of what you know the FDA deeming regulations are, and what a, what an electronic even they go into what is, an electronic cigarette is a battery powered device that vaporizes <laughs> liquid nicotine and blah blah blah. Um, so they've evolved, and it's 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 now becoming a part of the the consciousness of lawmakers and. Um, so it, it's actually, I've said this, I think a couple of times before, but when you get that canned response back, it's a good opportunity to respond again and say, you know, uh, just, it didn't seem like you got the whole picture on this. I wanted to fill you in on some of the details and, you know, you always take that opportunity to dispute some of the things, you know, bills typically have a preamble or in this case, you know, I'm looking at SB 2100, it's mm -hmm. under section two findings. Um, so, you know, even some of these numbers here that you know, tobacco use has caused 20,800,000 premature deaths in the United States. I'm pretty sure that we could debate that number. And specifically, we could <laughs> debate those deaths being attributed directly to tobacco. Um, yep. So that, that number in of itself is, is very inflated and wholly inaccurate, I'm sure. Um, and of course, now that, you know, with the recent Surgeon General's report, there are, you know, there's a, uh, I don't know if it's a long list, but, you know, there's, there's a new list of, of diseases that are caused by smoking, essentially. And allegedly. Allegedly. Um, and, and so now, that, you know, as we have watched the, the, the death toll from smoking kind of go down a little bit, it creeps back up a little bit more because now these all these other diseases are associated with smoking, um, which, you know, it's just, that's more like, you know, panic, fire in the, the, the theater kind of stuff. So it's, yeah, it's kind of like the boy crying wolf. There was a really interesting article, and I don't know if I ever talked about this, um, about five years ago, this woman who's a nurse and she was studying to become an epidemiologist. Um, she worked in a flu ward and she count, she was trying to get a count on the number of deaths that there actually were. And she went through and she found out how the Canadian government totaled up the amounts for deaths from the flu. Basically, if you had had any sort of upper respiratory infection the season that the flu went around and had gone to see a doctor for it, you were counted in the statistics as a flu death because of how SAMIC, which is also the computer program that decides, you know, how many people die from smoking, decided that's what it was going to include. And then they found the actual deaths were something like less than 200 for all of Canada. And they had massively inflated numbers because of the computer and the parameters that the health department had decided to put into the system so they use numbers and big sounding words to scare all of us they've they've done that for a really long time um there's good epidemiology the stuff i see carl and, and brad Rowe do and and clive bates and, and so many of the others do and then there's this like voodoo stuff that i see stanton glance and other people engaging in and it's really hard to educate people on the fact that the numbers that they have in their hands might not be the truth. 
you know I, I don't know how you educate people about that it's it's difficult and you know once you start putting enough zeros behind certain numbers it, it's all just sort of mush to and that's like a human problem there's no that, that, that's just you know these are huge problems that I think very few people in the world can actually wrap their heads around so um, trying to disseminate that information without losing some of the significance or, or some very very important details I think is very difficult um, so I, I, I have some empathy there with some of the science science folks struggling with that um, just because I'm the one on the other end trying to understand this stuff and it's just it's difficult for me so I can't imagine how difficult <laughs> it is for them well, I, I think it's got to be harder for them trying to tease out the good science from the, like, clump of weeds, basically, of lies surrounding the actual good scientific fact. That's really hard to do. And there are so very few people who can actually do it, you know, with a detached framework. Um, and, and I think it makes those people extremely rare and it, it really is sad that those kind of people aren't the kind of people who should could get funding from the government to study how these things work because they really should be the ones studying it not the people they're giving grants to okay i'm sorry i totally went off course That's okay. <laughs> <I'm> sorry <laughs> i showed up with not a lot to talk about yet here we are 20 minutes later hey <clears throat> That's it's fine. impressive we love um, you, <laughs> <laughs> We do, actually. Wait till she gets this one. Um, um, I, 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 I do want to mention, to completely change gears, actually not, not entirely. Um, okay. We were talking about, um, oh, now I forget what we were talking about that made me think of this, but I was going to bring it up anyway. And I had a really nice segue, and I totally blew it. Um, <clears throat> but speaking of, I guess, well, you, I guess you mentioned... Stan Glantz, um, there is on our blog, <clears throat> uh, we, we tweeted it out, I think shortly after we, we posted it, but Kassaw submitted a second comment to the, um, the advanced notice of proposed rulemaking, warnings and child resistant packaging for liquid nicotine, nicotine containing e-liquids and other tobacco products. I'm not going to read the docket number. I've already gone too far with the title. Um, <laughs> But uh, this is a <clears throat> comprehensive takedown. Would that be appropriate? I think it's a, it's a reschooling <laughs> of Stanton Glance's. So, yeah, so T Cores uh, slash something. I think we might have it in here. Yes, uh, the University of California, San Francisco Tobacco Center of Regulatory Science, T Cores. Mm -hmm. And the California Poison Control System, CPCS, um, submitted a comment, a long rambling comment uh, in response to the FDA's call for comments. Uh, and they kind of went totally extreme, exactly what you would think they would say, which is that all of these dire warnings should be on <laughs> bottles of e-liquid. Um, and I, I'm not going to sit here and, and try to summarize this, uh, 
but suffice to say it is worth reading if if you have not read it already um i actually i had to find the link because our, our website is i don't want to bring this up ever again but our website is is a little difficult to navigate so um, I've tried to make this accessible. If you search through the FDA stuff that we have posted up, you can find it. Um, but probably an easier way to do it is just look at our tweets um, mm -hmm. for the past week, uh, which are not that, not that many. Um, we don't tweet a lot. Uh, so that's two things about Casaw. We're not going to fill up your Twitter news feed with a bunch of stuff, and we don't send spam. So uh, <laughs> we're pretty good neighbors. Um, yeah. But it is hard to find things when you need to access some of the, the interesting stuff that we do. Uh, total side note there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, check it out. Uh, our, our One of our advisors, Brian Carter and mm -hmm. Carl Phillips, uh, worked pretty hard on this and I think knocked it out of the park uh, in, in, in uh, offering UCSF some, some re-education maybe. Uh, and hopefully this provides a good good counterweight and some and some very very much needed perspective uh, to the FDA. Yeah. Um, so that comment and our comment are both up on our blog, uh, and I recommend everybody take a look at that because uh, you know this 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 course takes us down into you know what's this butts right up against. You know, acceptable marketing type stuff, um, which is going to be oh, yeah. a, a pretty critical conversation going forward. Yeah, I mean, there's the. I don't know if you had seen or not, but um, I know I had seen. I'm pretty sure you had seen where they're starting to study the vape conventions now, and oh, yeah. they're they've been <laughs> studying our Twitter feeds and our Facebook groups. And they started talking about doing that about a, two years ago. And that's when the, the group that I inherited from my friend who passed away, I took and made the group private. There's like 20 people who might see the posts in there, but I'll be damned if they're going to include anything I put in there. I and honestly, I think, us. I, I, I think they should study it. I, I would like to see, uh, the craft that they turn out and, and give some knowledgeable people an opportunity to um, do what what Brian and Carl did to UCSF's comment. Uh, we should start inviting them to everyone. I really do. I think every convention out there should start inviting these people. Here, would you Are like you to? crazy? I'm not crazy. I think. Oh, no. I, do you really yeah. want Glance? <clears throat> really? Yes. Yeah. Oh yes, definitely. Glance coming in with his like his 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 freaking space suit with the independent airline going in. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see that. Yeah, because you could stand I, on the airline. <laughs> <laughs> I I, th I think it would also cause people to uh, to think a little harder about what we're up against. Um, I, I had actually, I, I was in at a show in Texas and one of the guys that was, uh, he was an employee of the convention center and he was wearing a dust mask. <clears throat> and I asked him, I said, did they, do they make you wear that? Or is that your decision? And he said, it's the smell uh, doesn't, I don't, it makes me feel queasy. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. You know, I mean, he's not walking around doing the kind of like, <laughs> I'm, I'm fake coughing because I think it's smoke. He was genuinely 
uncomfortable around all of that vapor. And so, you know, but he's, you know, he's just sort of a, a independent person. Now, to no, throw to, to, to throw a scientist into that mix who's walking around maybe with a suit and tie and a dust mask on taking notes, I, I think people might perk up a bit and say, wow, like, yeah, they're, they're paying attention to us. We're, we're being, yeah. we're under the microscope here. It's, it's time to reevaluate a few things. Well, there's already been four or five studies about how we act on social media. And, yeah, and, and, and they're, they're using that and submitting it to the FDA. <laughs> by the way um, and like you said talking about marketing because you know a lot of our vendors talk to us on social media yeah yeah some and of it's I would love for them to walk up to the door Jan and find out that they have to have a photo ID that proves they're over 18 years old to get in the door yeah yeah, they yeah. should they should see how these these events are are actually being run responsibly. Yeah, and I understand the the whole smell thing, and I say that because when my husband took me to VaporCon one, he couldn't be in the event room. Um, you the know, smell, this the all of the flavoring, the smells were there's it's 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 a lot. I mean, it's a lot because people are able to vape, and there's hundreds sometimes thousands of people gathered in a, a space that might have seemed quite spacious at the time but then as more people go to meet and see people like them there's less and less room <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is it, it, it is overwhelming it can be overwhelming for people who vape I mean I I, I remember I, I was like I have to go outside now, I, I vape I'm around smokers all the time too. I don't, I could care less. It doesn't bother me. Right. But I, I had to go outside the, the last two vape events I went to it was very, very foggy. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm headed down to, uh, VaporCon this weekend. Actually, Yay, there's going to be see several. You yep. Um, so yeah, myself and Ron Ward and, Lane Keller and I believe Brian Carter is coming out uh, so we'll have uh, a good group of us down there um, but last year uh, I, you were there last year weren't you Jeannie? Yes but I overslept again in misdemeanor <laughs> Wow you overslept pretty hard then <laughs> oh the, the meeting the, the member meeting yeah. uh, I thought you said you missed the entire event sorry no, no. Um, <laughs> that would be weird <laughs> Stay up to fifty hours in the morning talking to Kazi and Ron Ward. Um, it probably wouldn't happen. Yeah, but I mean, last year it was. Uh, it, that's a that's the smallest space out of any of these events that I've, I've gone to, and it got to a point last year where you couldn't see across the room. And it, for me, my experience wasn't so much. You know, I didn't have. I, I typically don't have a problem with the smell, and there's no like breathing issues that come up or you know my eyes don't start to burn or anything weird like that but just i think visually looking existing in that fog for hours it kind of does something to my mood and i just i want to see things in a little bit higher definition at some point so it, it does it gets a little weird um maybe somebody should study that i don't know i think it just feels surreal after a while it it's yeah. like um 
not that I would know. I've never been to one, but it kind of reminds me of um, some of the heavy metal stage shows they had in the early 80s with a ton of, you know, fake fog. Yeah. I find I find if you're actually close to fog machines at those events, that can be kind of irritating. So I think it's just like that. I don't think it's anything else. I think it's just kind of the concentration. Yeah. Can be kind of irritating. So yeah, I I don't know. I still don't want glance at any vape event. I'm I'm so sorry I, to say. <laughs> I, I I think they should. I think they need to cowboy up and come down and talk to real people and and see what goes on. I I I, I can't tell you how impressed I was to see uh, some. I, I believe. It, this is in New Jersey and it was from like two towns over or something uh, the the mayor and a city councilor and the chief of police and like the city lawyer all showed up at uh, a vapor shop and were asking questions uh, you know to the guy behind the counter who actually was informed and knew quite a bit and uh, it was just one of those situations where I showed up and was able to kind of stand back and watch it happen because you know, there was a good dialogue going on and right. everybody left. There were handshakes and smiles, and um, you know that that impresses me. Doing research at arm's length, you know, I mean, unless you're studying nuclear material, it's, it's just not that. I, I don't see how that is actually beneficial. There's no there's no context there. You're just taking statements off of social media, or in the case of the the, the person that did the research on conventions. She was just looking at, I think Carl actually explained it, she was just looking at splash pages for conventions. I, I mean, what are you going to learn from that? The, but I, it, it's <laughs> not them, it's not about them learning anything. It's about them finding a way to keep their funding, I think. Um, and I agree, if, if you want actual scientific research, then the scientists should come down and interact with the vapors. Well, maybe not even interact. Even, like, stand back and take measurements <laughs> and observe. But now, I, I don't mean interact like that, but I mean, how how well is Mr. Glantz, I can't call him professor or anything, but how well is Mr. Glantz going to be received by the vaping community if he comes to a vape event? You know what I mean? Well, I guarantee you probably 75% of them and I did just pull that number out of thin air. Seventy-five percent of them don't know who he is. <laughs> so that's a scary statistic, there, Alex. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, off the cuff large, epidemiology there. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. That, that's not based on anything. It's just a. I mean, but if I want to run the numbers, I mean, let's think about it. You know, we got seventy thousand Kassa members um, out of three million dedicated users in in the united right. states so what's the percentage on that <laughs> let's just assume that everybody that hasn't heard of Gasa doesn't really know what kind of challenges we're facing and they aren't you know signed up to get our emails right um I, I i would say that yes there are probably millions of people that absolutely adore these products and can attribute some sort of life-saving event to them um that just don't quite grasp the the forces against us. Yeah. And I, I hate to refer to Stanton Glance as a force. No, but... he's not really. He's <laughs> kinda like a 
I don't know. Stay puff marshmallow man. I don't um I didn't really just say that. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. He I, I don't think I think he's serious about what he's doing. I think he's not happy about where the funds for his chosen career be drying up. Um and I think he's at the age where it's not a good time to look for a new career. So I think he's highly motivated. I don't think that makes him a serious force. I just think that makes him dangerous. I think that makes a lot of them very dangerous. And I think we underestimate them. Yeah. What, uh, the, the, the other side of this coin is I, 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 I liken it to, uh, you know, what's the word? You know how when I, I, you know, you watch those courtroom shows and and the the lawyer says something that he knows is going to get an objection, but right. he says it anyway because it sticks in the mind of the jury. Yeah. You know, like you can strike it from the official record. You, the judge, can instruct those jurors to not consider that part of the testimony. But you know what? It was it's out there. It was said. So right. I, I kind of think that a lot of tobacco control's tactics involve saying things that they in fact know that are not they can't really back it up with any good science but it's out there in the information stream and you know really i i'm sure that there is some study that needs to be done on this um but you know those lies end up in state and federal code just yeah. like we were talking about earlier and that's mm -hmm. that's the really uh dangerous stuff there when when the lie becomes fact by oh. repetition yeah but i mean that's <clears throat> that you want to go back to goebbels and and hitler and and all that they were masters of propaganda and they knew that that worked you repeat a lie often enough it sticks in the mind of people and becomes truth yeah and a lot and you're right a lot of the laws a lot of the things occurring in legislation are happening because our opponents feel like it's okay to tell a bold-faced lie to achieve their ends we don't i think most of us don't feel that way they're actually tobacco control is very good with one thing they're they've studied language they use it much more effectively than we do which is a shame um because they've studied positive and negative verbiage um clean air legislation they're, they're always saying things like that because it creates a positive image in people's minds and i think we could actually learn a lot by turning it around and not letting them study us but i think we should be studying them because unfortunately they're effective and unfortunately they win yeah so i i like i i, I think i i briefly touched on that and I'm, I'm not sure I know that in some some side conversations um, I, I don't know how far this is, has come along but um, I, I think a good example of that would be taking a, a, a very detailed look at uh, at state and local legislation and, and uh, seeing just how much of this garbage ends up in the preambles to these bills and 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 
I, I don't know. I, I think that's a very time consuming and, and possibly very expensive type of thing to do. Um, you're not likely to get a, an NIH grant for that. Right. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's definitely something that. Uh, well, that might be, you know what? That might just be an interesting thing to just collect all yeah. the legislation you can find and look and find the commonalities and then cross-reference the searches uh, any good librarian could help somebody who was motivated do it and track down where they came from because that would be an interesting tree to make you know this is where this came from this is where this came from this is where this came from yeah, I think it would be very interesting to look at it I mean I don't think I have the time to do it but um, I do think it's an interesting idea it's a really good idea Alex actually I can't claim credit for it, so. Um, uh, but uh, for all of those wondering what you can do uh, if you're not doing anything this weekend, uh, <laughs> you can come through state laws and yeah. uh, pick out the tobacco lies. Which always sounds like fun, doesn't it? Yeah. Everybody loves spreadsheets. No, 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 no. That's <laughs> Why do you think I said tree? Make a dialogue tree. Trees are much easier. Less, less format. Everybody Much loves trees. Format. I love trees. Okay. <laughs> I guess we've run the gamut on this, huh? <laughs> yeah. It's a good thing uh, Julie isn't coming to Richmond because uh, she might murder uh, uh, at least me. So, yeah. um, well, should... <laughs> well, yeah, that's yeah, true. I'd just like it on public record that it was not my fault, Julie. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> no, that was me this time. I'm sorry. And I didn't swear. No, she didn't. It was just last week. Last week was bad. I'm still sorry for that. That's just, it's, it's perfectly <laughs> fine. Don't worry about it. It's frustrating for all of us. Okay, so I guess that's it for this week. Thank you, Alex, for everything you do, and thanks for a really interesting conversation. Um, Likewise. Thanks. And we will see you again next week. Yep. Good night. Good night.